It is Friday, June 8th. Welcome, everybody. Um, in two days, me and my wife and kids and my in-laws will actually be going on another another little adventure. We'll be taking a cruise out of uh, out of Texas here. But um, but before I get to anything else, I want to speak about a matter that um, I saw this morning when I woke up, and that's the death of Anthony Bourdain. Um, just like a lot of travelers out there, <clears throat> this was a guy who was very influential um, in my travel once, and you know I, I, I've always been jealous of him and his career. Um, maybe not as much the chef side of it, but you know his show, you know from the time he was on the Travel Channel, you know to the you know through his, him uh, sw- switching over to CNN and doing Parts Unknown. Um, this guy, he was able to do something a- as a job that 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 I would kill for. And he is definitely one of the reasons why I want to try <clears throat> in future travels to actually go to places that are a little bit less traveled, you know, go to places where m- maybe Americans aren't seen quite as often or um, places where you're going to get a feel of, of really, truly being a visitor and not necessarily being a tourist. Um, absolutely horrible um, hearing that he passed away. Um, I immediately thought about his daughter. Um, I, you know, I, I followed him on social media. I watched all the shows, and so I knew about his 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 ex wife, his daughter, his his current girlfriend. Um, heck, the fact that one of his best friends, uh, um, I, I believe, I believe uh, Chef Rippert, um, was the man who found him in his hotel room because they were uh, on location in France, I believe, shooting an episode. So. Rest in peace, man. Um, yep, you know, unfortunately, you know, in death, sometimes we we find out just how much influence and love people had for um, certain figures, and and he was definitely loved by how much outpouring of messages on on Twitter and Facebook and and all social media and news sites and everything else. So, <clears throat> but moving on. Um, so yeah, so Sunday, uh, we leave out of Galveston. We're going to take a, uh, a carnival cruise line to, uh, Mahogany Bay, Honduras, Belize and Cozumel. I believe this will be my third cruise. Um, not necessarily the biggest cruise fan, but it's definitely, if you're looking for a very sort of, you know, lazy vacation, a cruise is a great option. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much an all-inclusive, but even more so because, I mean, especially if you, let's say, drive to wherever the cruise is leaving out of, I mean, you don't even have to go get on a plane, you know. And Galveston's about, you know, 35, 45 minutes away from us, so it's a super, super uh, close place to drive to j- just go get on a boat and go all over the world. So uh looking forward to it i've not been to honduras i've not been to belize so i'm anxious to add two more two more countries to my uh list of places traveled um but uh so check back you know give me give me probably about 10 days two weeks because it's about a a a week tour Uh, give me some time after i get back and and i will gladly post updates on how it went and <clears throat> and all the excursions we went and did and everything else. But uh, but the topic for today, you know, so I'm sort of trying to close out, you know, previous destinations that, I, that I've that i had in episodes and, you know, and, and come back with, with episodes where maybe I, 
you know, forgot about a certain element of it that I want to talk about more. And so today I'm talking about the, um, the Guinness Storehouse and the Jameson Distillery on Bow Street in Dublin. <clears throat> you know, two of the best drinking experiences that you can have in Dublin. Um, and me and my friend Eric, we hit these up not only in the same day, but if I remember correct, pretty much in the same morning. So, um, so if you like a pie in the black stuff, if you like a finger or two of a, of, of a good whiskey, um, you know, you're probably going to love this episode. So, um, so first off, we started off with the, um, I want to say with the Jameson distillery, just cause I had not been there yet. Um, I, I, I'd been to the Guinness storehouse a few times previously. I, I, I want to say two total. Um, so this was a new experience for me as well. And, you know, drinking wise, I'd been a, I, I've pretty much been a beer guy my entire life until, until probably my mid twenties, mid late twenties. <clears throat> so I grew up with a very sort of a traditional Southern family. And so when we were sick, uh, it was very, very common that we'd get a Jack and Coke, you know, very, very, very little Jack, you know, but enough to, uh, to, to open up our congestion and our airways and everything else. And so I went the majority of my life up until this point, <clears throat> believing that I hated whiskey, but in actuality, I just hated whiskey and Cokes, especially when it was more Coke than whiskey. So, um, so my wife, she, she ironically took a cruise, uh, with some friends that it was a little girl's trip. And my little gift that she brought back to me was she brought me a uh, bottle of scotch. So again, I mean, I'm throughout college, post-college, I drink beer and beer only. No liquor, maybe the occasional margarita, but that's it. And she brings me back a, uh, a bottle of uh, Balvini uh, Doublewood scotch. And this bottle literally changed my life. Like I probably drink... I probably drink about half the time beer, especially during the summertime. And then uh, wintertime, I rely more on whiskey. You know, get home from work, you know, get a, you know, a finger or two in a glass, and that's my nightcap. You know, after the kids are gone to bed and, and uh, you know, it's, it's dark outside, you know, just sit, watch TV, grade papers, whatever else, and, and just enjoy my, my little dram that I got going on. But, um, so because of that, I've tried to, <clears throat> whenever I have the chance of, of being in any place where, where whiskey is the very, very well-known uh, spirit, you know, I try to take advantage and, and learn as much as I can and go try as much as I can. So, so going go to the Jameson Distillery was really, 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 really cool. Um, and not just because I had never been there, but I was not necessarily the biggest um, – I didn't have the biggest knowledge of Irish whiskey, you know, uh, obviously be, being in the U S you know, bourbon, you can find bourbon at any bar and, you know, and you hear about bourbon more growing up than you do any other type of whiskey. And so, um, and then scotch, you know, of course everybody, you know, finds out about scotch and, uh, at some point and, you know, being that my first bottle that I really enjoyed of whiskey was a scotch, I stayed sort of more in that element, you know, the years following, uh, following my newfound love of scotch. So, um, so going there, being able to try a few different types, being able to see the whole process. So <clears throat> first off the distillery there, it, 
you know, it, it is a little smaller. I know that, you know, I don't believe they actually distill much of anything there anymore. I believe uh, their biggest distillery operations is in County Cork. Um, but walking in, even though it's, a, you know, not the biggest place overall, it is one of the most beautiful interiors. Uh, so, I mean, decorations there are just awesome. You know, I mean, it, in, in some parts, it looks like you're walking back in time. Um, it definitely has probably the best retail experience of any distillery or brewery that I've been to. <clears throat> um, I mean, there was a gift there for any and every person that has any type of love for whiskey at all. You could do anything from, from maybe buying a bottle of something that's you know, much harder to find here in the U.S., or you could even go and uh, you could mix your own whiskey there. You could pour a bottle of, uh, I, I want to say, the uh, Black Barrel and actually have your own custom-made label put onto it. I mean, and that's just one of the, you know, many, many, many options that you have there. But uh, we we kept it pretty basic. We just bought the distillery tour. They have a few different options of things that you can do. Um, you can do anything from the tour. You can mix your own bottle. Uh, I believe that you can even get an experience where you actually get to uh, draw from the cask. So there's all these different options that are really, really, really cool. Um, so on the tour, they sort of walk you through uh, the building there and you get to see some um, somewhat of the process of how it would have looked in, in years past, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Um, you would get to see sort of how it was made, you know, the antique tools used to, uh, um, to mix the mash or, um, you know, or, or smoke the, um, smoke the ingredients or whatever else. So, so that was neat. One of the coolest things that I remember is they walk you into a room and they have sort of a plexiglass barrel, um, where you get to see what the liquor looks like inside the barrel at different age stages. Um, so seeing it, I want to say like three years, seeing it at eight years, seeing it like 12 or 16, seeing it at 25. And so you get to see how much, uh, evaporation occurs, how much of the, uh, liquid actually absorbs into the wood or, or dissipates. And then you also get to see how the color changes. And so that was really, really neat. And, um, and then from there, they, they take you into a whiskey tasting area. And this is the one that for how many people we had in our group, which, and by group, I mean all the other people that were on that tour with us. Um, very, very, very few people took full advantage of this part. Uh, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to go to a distillery, I want to drink. You know, I, I want to try everything. And so what they had is they had four different um, whiskeys there in front of us. They had, um, they had Johnny Walker Black uh, to sort of show you, you know, the most, uh, most sold scotch out there. They had Jameson. They had, I believe, Jack Daniels. And I think the fourth one they had was maybe Crown Royal or some other uh, uh, whiskey from a different country. So, and they sort of gave us... Uh, ideas of what we should be tasting as we go through that um and so you know i drank all four of my samples absolutely enjoyed it now i will say i do much more prefer johnny walker black over jameson but uh <clears throat> as we're walking out 
uh, into another area where you actually you still have sort of a ticket for you to get a f uh, a free either cocktail or a dr dram of of one of the whiskeys. I'm looking around and probably two thirds to three quarters of the people didn't drink even half, let alone all of their little samples, and I was supremely shocked because I mean whiskey. A, it's expensive, but B, it takes so much time and care to make it that, I mean, these people are just letting it go to waste because obviously, you know, Jameson's not going to take that and pour it back in the bottles and move on. So, um, but from there we moved on. My buddy had a cocktail. Eric had a cocktail. I had a dram of, of Jameson. I, I believe it was either Black Barrel or it was just uh, regular, you know, blended Jameson. Um, so... You know, Irish whiskey, <clears throat> for the most part, which, you know, I, I've had some that, that is not like this, but Irish whiskey for me is a little too clean. I like a, a little bit of bite with my whiskey. Um, I like to know that, you know, what I'm drinking is is, is is strong and have a little burn as it goes down. So, so typically Irish whiskey is a little bit too uh, filtered and a little bit too refined, um, hence why... I tend to go towards all the scotches, especially the heavy peated ones from, uh, from the Island Isla. So hence why also I like Johnny Walker black, but, uh, but really cool experience. And then on top of that, as you're exiting out, you exit out through, uh, through the waiting area where all the tours wait at, you know, you can walk through the retail shop there again, which is just absolutely awesome. Uh, and then they also have a bar there too. Uh, sort of on the other side of the waiting area and you can go there and again have more Jameson themed cocktails or more cocktails using other um, liquors that um, that the Irish uh, uh, distillery uh, corporation makes you know Jameson is a part of a much 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 bigger uh, company and they're responsible for you know just besides Jameson they have Middleton they have Powers they have, let's see what else, Red Breast, Yellow Spot, Green Spot, Dunfees, um, and they even break into other l l liquors like gin and and uh, and rosé, lo looks like. And so um, so you could get a lot of that stuff there as well. And so we, we sat there, had, I believe, maybe one drink. I think I actually, I tried either the Green Spot or the Powers. I think I tried the Powers there. And they had all different uh, aged uh, versions, and I... I believe I had a 12 or 16 year powers and it was pretty good. So from there, we decided to make our way over to, uh, to Guinness. And, um, this was actually a really, really beautiful day there in, in Dublin. Uh, it was decently warm, not super windy, sunny day. And so to soak up a little bit of the liquor that we just had, we stopped on the way and had a, uh, donor kebab, um, you know, that donor is is so popular in Europe, and and uh, and I'm a big fan of of any food of that type, anything that I can put in a tortilla or a sandwich or you know or a pita bread or whatever else. I'm I, I'm a big fan for. So uh, let me take a break real real quick, regroup, and I will uh, I'll come back and sh talk to y'all just a little bit more about Guinness Storehouse. Stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. Sorry about the break, but uh, just getting back to it. So Guinness Storehouse. So uh, 
after Jameson, we went and had some lunch, uh, got the donor kebabs. Anyway, so we uh, started walking towards Guinness, I believe, on the way. We got to uh, cross the uh, River Liffey and, and, uh, and go across the, uh, the Hot Penny Bridge, which, which is a famous landmark there in town. But, uh, but going to Guinness, this is my second or third time there. Extremely interactive uh, experience that you have. So, um, you know, we bought ticket for the tour, you know, and the tour is sort of a self-serve. Um, and you go through these different levels and it talks about all the different ingredients and why they're important and you know, gives you historical information and, you know, shows how, you know, it would have been brewed previously in years past and shows you, you know, sort of some of the more modern processes now too. But, uh, but it's interactive in ways like you, uh, the water exhibit has running water going all throughout that room. And when it, when they talk about the barley, they have barley there that you can actually pick up in your hand and, you know, and feel the texture and smell and everything else. But, uh, but a part of the tour cost is you get a, uh, you get a, uh, a pint also. So, and you can have this pint really in, in one of two places. So the majority of people go up to the gravity bar. Um, it's pretty much at the very, very top of the storehouse. Uh, think of it as being a, um, Seattle needle styled, restaurant slash bar actually it's just a bar um but it revolves so it you can get up there get your drink and it slowly will spin and you can see the whole city there which is really really cool and so most people go to do that you know but the other cool thing that you can do is you can actually learn how to pour the perfect pint of guinness um and i did that my first time i believe and um so they take you into a smaller bar they sort of walk you through the the correct way to pour the pint, you know, what angle to hold the glass, um, how much to fill up the glass at that point. Then you have to set it down, let it settle. All right. And so they tell you about how long to let it settle. And then after that, they tell you again, how to finish the drink off and then, you know, serve it or drink it. And so, um, and then after you do that, you actually get a certificate. You can email it to yourself. You can email it to friends and sort of, you know, rub their nose in it and show off. Um, but it's one of the cooler things. Now they do have a bunch of other restaurants and, and pubs top experiences there within the storehouse as well. And previously, um, these little bars were some places where you could find some you know, styles of Guinness that you really couldn't find, especially where I lived in the States. And so <clears throat> being able to, you know, go and try these and whatever else, you know, w was really, really cool. And so we actually settled, uh, um, down in one of the little, uh, cafes, which I, w if I remember correctly, I believe, I believe it was either the, um, the Brewer's Dining Hall or Arthur's Bar. I believe it was Arthur's Bar, which again, Cafes and restaurants just in the storehouse, they have four. They have the, the Brewer's Dining Hall. They have 1837 Bar and, and uh, Brasserie. They have Arthur's Bar. And they have a self-serve place called the Coobridge Cafe. And so um, so there's a, a multitude of options for you to go there and hang out and relax and enjoy a good drink and some food. But, um, but they had at Arthur's Bar, they had several styles, again, of Guinness I'd never had before. And... Uh, up until recently, I'd never seen them outside the brewery. Uh, recently, Guinness came out with a uh, a 200 year 
um, pack that has a, um, a brew that it is a recipe that's 200 years old. And within that uh, variety pack, they have uh, some of these types of Guinness that, uh, that I'd previously only seen at the storehouse. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, I mean, up until recent, you know, I've seen them at my local grocery stores still. So, uh, so if you like Guinness, you know, go out there, try to find it. Um, you know, absolutely delicious bottles. It, the 200 year is, is one of my favorite. Um, so from there, I mean, you can walk through, you can see all the different ways that Guinness is advertised over, uh, you know, the last however many years and, you know, seeing how the, a, their advertisements not only have changed through time, but also changed, you know, from country to country. And you can definitely see how they marketed Guinness a lot to, uh, to countries that had a lot of Irish uh, expats. And I mean, it's just a really, really cool place. If you got a couple hours and, you know, maybe the weather is not the best outside, which in Ireland, that is completely possible. Um, it, it's just a really, really cool place to take your time, walk through each exhibit, you know, walk through, uh, um, you know, each little restaurant and bar and, and see, and see how it is and, you know, and, and just enjoy the time there because, uh, you know, the storehouse, it, it's still one of the major places that they, uh, that they brew Guinness at, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily as much like Jameson where the majority of their operations are outside Dublin, um, and then from there, one little, one little tidbit that I always found interesting is right across the street from the storehouse is actually a hospital <laughs> that, that focuses on treating people with, uh, with alcohol addiction and, and drug addiction. So placement, placement, placement. I mean, they, they couldn't have, uh, have, have put the hospital in a better spot, but, uh, and then there at the end, you got to check out their storehouse uh, retail shop there and see all the T-shirts and, and goodies that they have there. Now, I will say, you know, the, the retail shop there, in my opinion, is not near as good as the one at Jameson. That and a lot of the Guinness top uh, retail items you could find at the airport. You can find a lot of souvenir stores. So. There wasn't a whole bunch that you'll miss out on if you do skip out over that. So, um, and then again, you know, I've talked about it in previous podcasts, but if you want to go and again have another good drinking experience, go down to Temple Bar District. You know, I highly suggest going to Temple Bar at least one time. You know, it's it's very very touristy. You know, everybody's going to go in there. But if you want to see a place that's got a little bit better, a uh, little bit better atmosphere, and definitely feels like there's a little bit more locals. Um, from where the Temple Bar is, you know, the Temple Bar is located right there on the corner. Um, you just go right down the street and go to the Palace Bar. And there you can have some, some great pints. You can have some, some great Irish whiskeys. They have some very, very knowledgeable bartenders there that will sit there and, and give you the same type of learning experience that we had and sort of, you know, talk to us about various Irish whiskeys and, and, uh, the, uh, the taste palette of each one and, 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 and the history behind that whiskey as well. So, all right, guys. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'll enjoy this episode about the, uh, about Guinness and Jameson. Uh, next episode up will probably be about our cruise. Once we get back, I'll, I'll try to get all my ideas and notes together and get one posted pretty, pretty quick. So it's all still fresh in my mind. So, um, 
again, if y'all would just keep, you know, Anthony Bourdain's daughter in, in y'all's thoughts, I can't imagine what what she is she's going through now uh, with the loss of her dad. And so I know he was, again, he was very, very influential on a lot of people, including me. So, so peace out and uh, look forward to talking to y'all again soon. Later.